podcast as part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello and welcome to today's episode of 49ers Unrestricted. I'm Timmy Gibson here with my co-host, Daniel Bigelow. Daniel, how you doing this fine morning? I am swell. I am. I'm good this morning after a wonderful football season. You know, we just finished week 17, so we're all d- Oh, we're not all not done. Yet. We have not one yet. more week of football. One Obviously, I'm kidding. Week. I knew that. Yeah, one, one more big, massive, important, fate-deciding week. Am I right? Yes, this is a, a massive week coming up. Last week, also a massive week. And there's just there's so much to talk about. And we are just so excited to be here with you. Obviously, a lot, a lot changed between our episode that we recorded last Sunday evening and released on Monday and between this game today. And a lot changed about the narratives of this game and what was going to be important of this game in, in that time. And that, that all hinges on, on the Jimmy Garoppolo injury and obviously rolling into Trey Lance's second career start. You'll recall Daniel and I said last week that we saw Jimmy starting the rest of the games this season, barring an injury. Um, The next day it was announced that Jimmy had an injury and the entire world turned on its head. And so there's, there's a lot to unpack in that buildup, even just how, how the story and the narrative was handled is really intriguing to me. So there's a lot to talk about there. So Daniel, what did you, how did you feel? You want to take us into game day, especially focusing on, on the Jimmy Detray move. Yeah, I would love to. I first just want to say, I know that we record usually right after a game, but man, I hate it when news comes out right after we record it's the worst. Just because it's like, oh, we missed that. We could have we could have talked about that. That changes what we and just it would have been interesting. Regardless, let's get you into the game. Um, as Timmy said, Jimmy, it came out that he was injured. So Trey Lance got his second start. Uh, you know, to summarize the game, if I had to put it one way, I would say, hey, a W is a W. And uh, we're not going to dwell on it because we need to focus on playoffs. Um, it was a slow start. It was a very slow start. It was punt after punt after punt each side. Yeah. And it just didn't, it didn't seem, it, it didn't seem like it was going to be a fun game. It, you know, if you're a Niners fan and you're, you're watching this game, like, okay, that was a pretty quick first drive against the Texans. And that's not what you want to see when you're playing one of the worst teams in the league. Again, we'll give them credit. We said last week, they just beat the Chargers last week. Um, they're obviously not competing for anything. Um, they're not going to get the first overall, so they'll be in the top five. I believe right now they're slated for the third overall pick. But they still want to prove something. They still want to prove that they're a decent full team. So you can't ever sleep on any NFL team. <clears throat> but this is by far not, not a situation we're thinking about sleeping on any team. We need to get a win no matter what. So – you know, we got the job done, and I think that the way we might have felt watching the game, just in terms of expecting to destroy the Texans, um, because that was that has been the narrative, yeah. we really did better than, I think, what the feel might have been just watching the game. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think this team got off to a slow start, and I think 
but I that's pretty understandable with a rookie, a 21 year old rookie QB playing his second football game in two years. Like I, I don't have a problem yeah. with, with that at all. The, I think the team really hit a groove by the end, but it's certainly that first half there were so there were some flashes in the first half. I really enjoyed, but definitely a slower start there. Our defense did not allow a single point in the second half. That's amazing. That's usually when they seem to fall apart a little bit. So yeah, it was nice to see that change. Elijah Mitchell, yet another 100 yard rushing game. Um, Elijah record, Mitchell, the franchise record. Franchise. I think we record. should just go My ahead goodness. and give him like 49ers 2021 MVP. I mean, I think he has been maybe not, Absolutely. but he's been he's been incredible. Definitely rookie of the year for the 49ers. A, well, just a huge Debo the MVP. Yeah, that's true. It's probably Debo, probably Debo. But Mitchell deserves uh, not most improved, but he deserves something, man. I mean, he. Yeah, well, we'll do we'll do postseason awards. Yard games. We'll do postseason we awards once this is all over, and we can we can hash all this out then. But Elijah Mitchell has been incredible this season. Last night was another game where that that showed, and yeah, just a, a difference maker from a sixth round pick. You'll love to see it. He just fits into the, what the 49ers want to do in the ground game so well. It's great to see. A couple other highlights, and then we will talk more about Trey. George Kittle made a beautiful oh, sliding on his knees, one-handed catch. Um, we, I think they were just talking, the announcers, right before he threw that ball, were saying, Trey's got to get Kittle more involved. He's got to lean on yeah. this guy. He's got to use this guy. And then boom, Kittle gets himself into yeah, the game. And I mean, that beautiful grab. Talk about something that like Trey, Trey did not have Kittle in his first start against the Cardinals. And so that, that is a, I think Trey was markedly improved this, this game versus the last one. I'm excited to watch. I think I'm going to try to watch the all 22 from both starts this week, but I think Kittle is also a huge factor in that better performance. But, but that catch, I mean, you, you, we've talked about how there are just, there are not men who are George Kittle's size who should be able to move like George Kittle does. I was, I was listening to this game actually on the radio, Daniel, I rewatched it last night. I was driving home uh, from the holiday travel and George Kittle has an ad on, on KNBR 680 with uh, that, where he talks about Levi's and it's like even big six, four, like 245 men like me could fit comfortably in Levi's. I'm not sure if that's the measurements, but it's something like that. It's like, yeah, George Kittle is huge. He should not be able to extend like a ballerina pulling the ball while sliding on his knees. It's just, it should not be, it should not be possible. And it is. And combined with his ability, I mean, I, we can talk about George Kittle all day and all night long, but that catch, that catch was awesome. Yeah. And I would be, I would be more than happy to, especially when we get into his acting career, because he's the, he's the best man to see on commercials. So, um, Trey Lance's touchdown to Debo Samuel was awesome. Debo fought to get in the end zone. Uh, that just, throw, I mean, we're going to talk about Debo fought to get in the end zone for sure. But that, absolutely. that throw is, we're going to talk about, we're going to break this down, but that throw is why, why Trey Lance is the 49ers future at quarterback. I mean, rolling out to the right across his body, across the field. That's just, man, that was money. It was awesome. It's just so nice to see Trey get to use Debo and Kittle in those big plays. You know, we talk about, we talk about how, uh, you know, Jimmy does his job by getting the short balls to Debo, to Kittle, to Ayuk, and letting them do the work where those guys make Jimmy look really good. Yeah, and Trey's doing the, the work for them. 
Yeah, it's it's. I mean, as we said, Diva fought in the end zone, and it's you know, it's never one guy does all sure, the work. Sure. Like, that's not how the sport works, and that's not what other of us are saying. But Trey got it a whole lot farther for Debo than than Jimmy usually does. And yeah, for sure. It's just really nice to see that happen, and see that oh, Debo isn't just a short pass, essentially running back as a receiver. He can also be a deep threat. Yeah, he he sure can be. Um, and sure like George having to dive and make that catch might have been just a tad overled by Trey but not I mean not enough to make it a, a difference like George is right there and um you know if, if we're going to nitpick that throw we're just we're expecting perfection every time so yeah. I'm not going to deem that Trey's fault at all it's just beautiful love to see the two all pro NFL weapons being used and by the rookie and yeah yeah, I'm excited to see that happen more and it's, more. It's just exciting whether whenever Trey Lance takes over this offense, like seeing plays like that make me really excited for that. Whether that's the rest of this season and we're going to break all that down or whether that's next year or whether, God forbid, it's in two years, two years. Um, we we have a lot to be excited for, especially after watching a game like yesterday. And I think Brandon Ayuk needs to be slotted into that conversation as well. I thought he was maybe the 49ers best receiver yesterday. It was he was incredible. And he and Trey have have a connection. And that was that was great to see. So big, big performance from Ayuk. Um, before we break down, yeah, Trey, you want to talk defense? Yards. Want to talk a couple defensive big moments for a second, and then we can dive into the what everyone wants to hear in, in the quarterback conversation. Yeah, Fred Warner was involved in 15 total tackles. He had seven solo tackles, and being involved in 15 is yeah. so. The on, on the box score, listeners, it's they have a section for solo tackles where they were the only one to tackle him to wrap him up, and then there's a section for uh, like combined tackles to, to how many guys kind of helped helped make a tackle. And yeah. Fred Warner was involved in 15. So that means he's all over the field being involved. And Fred Warner has not had, you know, last season he was arguably the best middle linebacker in the entire league. And this year he's definitely not the best playing up to that standard. So um, I thought he, he wrapped up his tackles better. He did not let any guys – get through the whole his spot as much and uh yeah just seeing he's involved in 15 total tackles is is kind of mind-boggling for me so I thought that was really cool it's fun seeing our kind of b team d line getting some sacks yeah seriously yeah and so it's just really cool seeing how involved they get um it is a bummer that Armstead and Bosa aren't the ones getting the sacks each and every game um but uh who had them yeah, it was Arden Key and Jordan Willis. Yeah, Jordan Jordan Willis's sack was something. That was a fun one. I mean, they left him unblocked, but when they leave you unblocked, you got to make them pay for it, right? And he did. Absolutely. So I thought that was really cool. Um, another defensive player that we're excited to talk about is Ambry Thomas. Welcome to the NFL, little, Ambry Thomas. Right? This was Ambry Thomas's. Ambry Thomas today. Yeah, this was Ambry Thomas's best best defensive performance and it, it wasn't even close. I mean, he's had a nice stop on a run play. Like I said, I'm listening to this on the radio and I just keep hearing Ambry Thomas, Ambry Thomas with the tackle, Ambry Thomas with the pass breakup. That should have been a pick six, like just Ambry Thomas, Ambry Thomas, Ambry Thomas. And then Josh Norman is getting benched. Ambry Thomas is still out there. He played hundred percent of the snaps and he, for the first time in his NFL career, 
was not a liability on defense for the 49ers. And that is huge. And so just Ambry Thomas had, he had had moments like we talked about last week. This was the first time he strung all those moments together into a complete defensive game. And so I am just excited about Ambry Thomas's future with the 49ers. And yeah, and if he can continue to play like that, that changes this secondary, especially with Emmanuel Mosley about to come back. And if this secondary can change, a playoff run becomes, I think, a lot more likely. That's what I was just going to ask is what do we think happens when Mosley comes back? Um, and I'm looking at the box score and Josh Norman did not have a single tackle. So no, I don't I remember think... exactly in the game when he was benched. Um, they treated him like Shanahan's been treating the rookies where he had one bad defensive PI call that I would have argued wasn't really defensive PI, but he had that defensive PI call and he was out. Like that's how Shanahan has been treating Diamador Lenore this season, like to apply that same treatment to Josh Norman, Josh Norman has lost the trust of this coaching staff, I think. So I, I am betting on a Ambry Thomas, Emmanuel Mosley backfield next week or defensive backfield next week. Do we know for sure that Mosley is going to be healthy next week? Yeah. So it's, it's not certain, but he's definitely hoping to be, but they're definitely hoping he can play week 18. I certainly am hoping. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah I all. think, that I mean, that's honestly like, is this going to fix all of our problems? No. But is this huge and exactly what we but need for to see a little bit of a, a stronger defense with these guys? Absolutely. So and with the with the secondary play specifically, it would be taking away a huge if they could just play a little better. It's taking away a huge weakness that our defense has had this season and that teams have really singled out and attacked. And if you can make that even just a little better so that teams aren't just constantly picking on it and taking advantage of it, that really helps the D line play better. That just, that helps everybody. And so if Ambry Thomas can continue to play the way he played yesterday and hopefully continue to improve on that, I really think that that takes away or at least makes it a smaller liability for the 49ers defense. And that, that is really exciting to me. I see here that Emmanuel Mosley was placed on injured reserve on December 20th. And it says Coach Kyle Shanahan said Monday, December 20th, that Mosley's ankle will keep him out until he will not be back until at least week 18 at the earliest. So that yeah, is the so, earliest we could see him. And we, we have and seen this that season that, that Kyle likes to give out the most optimistic injury timeline. So it would not shock me at all if Mosley has no chance of playing, but we'll see. And we also, one more defensive comment is we really need either Greenlaw or all share back. Um, I think we're, I think we're going to get Greenlaw next week. Marcel Harris has done a great job in his absence, um, even playing in fouls as well. But Greenlaw, Greenlaw or Aziz Alshare are just, just so much different in the defense, big playmakers. And of course, different in my heart, but man, getting, getting Mosley back and getting one of those guys would be huge. That'd be huge. Yeah. Greenlaw. I'm, I'm very optimistic and hopeful that Greenlaw can play, can play next week. So we'll, we'll have to see what happens there. All right. Any, any final thoughts before we get into the, the meat and potatoes, the reasons people are here and we, we bring back Trey watch. I love potatoes. Yeah, Trey watch is back <laughs> listeners. You know, we've canned our favorite segment over the past couple of months. Cause, cause Trey has just, uh, has been on the bench and there's not that much to watch, but we are so happy to bring back Trey watch and talk about Trey Lance's second career start. And wow, do I have a lot to say 
I, I loved every second of it. It was awesome. What's your question, Daniel? On, I want to say it was Friday or Saturday. The Niners activated Nate Sudfeld from their practice squad. On a scale from one to 10, how much did that worry you that they just weren't going to start Trey and they were going to go with Nate Sudfeld? Oh, that was a one because when they activated Sudfeld, that meant Jimmy wasn't playing and that meant Trey was. When they activated Sudfeld, that was when it was like, all right, it's Trey time. I was not worried yeah. at all. That was great because there was so much murkiness leading up to this start. And I think maybe after this, we unpack that because that murkiness is going to carry into this next week for who's starting against the Rams. But there was so like the team was just unwilling to actually say if Garoppolo or or Lance was going to start. And so when Sudfeld was activated, that was when it was like, okay, yeah, it's Lance. And I mean, you saw the team was really, was really hyping up Trey. So I think they knew the whole time, but it was, it was great. Great to see. And I, I really thought he was markedly better than he was against the Cardinals in, in week five and there, and definitely by the second half. And so I don't know if you want to just start, start picking it apart from just, and just walk through it. Cause it was, it was fun to see. Yeah, and so kind of one of my things that I've been saying about Jimmy is, I believe I said this last week, if not two weeks ago, that you need to have your expectations right. Yeah, We've talked about Jimmy. You need to expect the correct thing from Jimmy. You do not expect a bunch of deep throws from Jimmy. We don't want a bunch of deep throws from Jimmy either. So we've talked about who he is as a quarterback, and that's what you need to expect. Now, Let's do the same thing. Let's make sure we know what our expectations are for Trey. This is a 21-year-old kid making his second NFL start. So the thing that the announcers were saying, the thing that we were saying that Fred Warner was saying to Trey in practice this last week, they're talking about his decision-making and that that is the more iffy thing than anything of his skill. Yeah, and anytime sure. someone makes an argument for Trey's Trey's not ready, this, 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 they're saying his decisions aren't ready. This, 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 he's making bad decisions. The yeah, dude is no one, no one is arguing zero NFL experience. No one is arguing that the physical tools aren't there for Trey. You're right. It's all it's all about decision making. And when the start started for the first couple offensive drives, I was not thrilled with his decision making. I thought he looked nervous. There were a couple times he was trying to scramble, took a couple big hits, which was really like that was a big part of his start against the Cardinals. I mean, he got battered. He was injured after that because he took so many hits. So that's something he and the offense needs to improve upon. He really needs to learn to protect himself. And though maybe those first two or three offensive series, I was like, oh, okay. Like I'm still having a lot of fun watching him. I'm still really excited about his future, but he looks about the same as he did week five against the Cardinals where he's running way too much. He's unable to protect himself from these big hits and then there was a play on i wrote i wrote down about when it was there was about a minute left in the first quarter 49ers are back in their own end zone and trey just has this perfect little scramble he backs up into the end zone gets out right up to the line of scrimmage and you can tell he's got his eyes downfield the whole time he just looked perfectly poised he wasn't moving any more than he needed to he was just taking the bare amount of steps and then he fires a bullet down to Ayuk for the first down and i was just like all right like he is here he just looked so poised it was the perfect play and i was like okay like he's settled down like let's go like yeah, that was the moment where I was like, oh, like this is going to be different. Like he, something has changed in the ten weeks or so since the last time we saw this kid, and that was that was awesome. Do you remember this play I'm talking about? It was just this perfect display of of poise. 
And that's the beauty of, of Trey Lance is that he's got all the physical ability um, that, yeah. that we need and more. And that is what you expect from a rookie quarterback. And so it's, that's why we talked all season long about, we want to see Trey now because he is so good. He has so much ability, but it is that mental game that's going to take a little bit of time to mature. And that's why he wasn't starting this year. And that's fine. That's part of the process. And you can tell that he still has work to do. It's not going to be fixed in a, in a, a first year. Uh, Joe Burrow is just now starting to take off in the yeah. end of his second year. And yeah, he has more weapons. He has more experience. He's making smarter plays, more weapons with Jamar Chase. Yeah, and, I, don't know. I like our I like our weapons. I think our weapons no, 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 are more weapons oh, than, more than he, he did had last year. Last year, last year. Okay, I'm not comparing. Say, like, yeah, yeah. I'd put our receiving core up against the Bengals. Oh no, I'm just. I mean, he is, didn't have Jamar Chase last year, and he does this Got year. It. But uh, yeah, and the, the two guys that I think about a lot in comparison to Trey and how his his track might go in his first three years are Josh Allen and Kyler Murray because those are arguably the top two, at least fantasy quarterbacks. Um, top two yeah. quarterbacks, fantasy or not, um, in the top five for sure in the NFL. And I was, they I was, both, oh, sorry. I, I, I was, was going to say they both made very questionable decisions. I mean, they still do at times. Obviously, every quarterback except for Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady do at some point <laughs> yeah. still. But these guys really took time to, to get into it. And that, that exactly. is expected. They yeah, look like and I was, oh, sorry. smart quarterbacks now, but it, it takes time to get into that mental space to know kind of what is worth the risk and what's not. Yeah, I was I was listening to the uh, the Ringer NFL show maybe last week, and they were talking about like some of the biggest takeaways from this season so far, and they were kind of listing different people. and And Stephen Ruiz at the Ringer mentioned mentioned Josh Allen, and he also looped Justin Herbert into this. And he goes, "These guys," he goes, "There's been a trend recently in like NFL drafting to kind of teams are worried about drafting the guy who looks like he has all the physical tools, and then being like, we'll just figure it out later because you got a guy like you know you got Jamarcus Russell, like guys like this who have all the physical tools and like are don't aren't cut out for the NFL. And so you've got something like, and he's been saying like Josh Allen and Justin Herbert are going to convince teams to just bet on physical tools again. And I was like, that makes me so he was talking about like exactly what you're talking about, the development, all that. And listening to them, I was like, yeah, like, let's go. Like Trey is ready. And I think Josh Allen's the comp that we've been given a lot for Trey of someone who is just not like who was, probably honestly not fully pro ready when he came to the pros, but had the tools and the team trusted him and they built around him. And now, I mean, like you said, Josh Allen is a top four quarterback in the NFL. I mean, he gutted the Patriots a couple weeks ago. He's awesome. And so, yeah, I think that's a great, a great comparison. And I just, even seeing the improvement from week five to week, week 17 has been huge for Trey and the poise, especially I think was the biggest thing. My, my favorite, maybe my favorite Trey throw of the entire day was let's see, I wrote it down in the second half. It's right around the start of the second half, third and six. And it's this ball that he throws to Ayuk that Ayuk then runs for like another 10, 15 yards. But he, he throws this ball through three defenders. Like there was one hole and Trey found it and he just lasers this ball through three defenders directly to Ayuk who takes, it was, it was incredible. It was like, I don't know how the needle for sure. Yeah. I don't know how you even start that throw, but it was, it was incredible. And it was like, all right, I'm starting, I'm starting to trust this kid. And I think 
that is the biggest takeaway. The biggest takeaway I have on Trey's performance is the end of the first half. Because we talked a lot about last week how Kyle Shanahan basically openly admitted like, yeah, I didn't want to turn the ball over. So I didn't trust Jimmy to like run a drive at the end of the second half, end of the first half. Compare that to the end of the first half yesterday. They're taking shots. Trey gets the team into field goal range. It would have been easy to just say, cool, we're in field goal range. We're going to kick a field goal, call it a day. And instead, they take a deep shot to Ayuk in the end zone, which he almost hauls in. Like, we're excited about Trey's performance, but based on play calling in that situation, Kyle Shanahan trusts Trey Lance more, at least on deep balls, than he does Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, how crazy is that? He trusts Trey more right now because he's willing to take these deep shots with Trey at the end of a half in a close game, but not with Jimmy. That's crazy. I think, you know, we already mentioned Josh Allen a bunch, but I, I really, and I think we already have talked about this, earlier in the season when, when we were doing a little bit of Trey watch. And I think Josh Allen is kind of the the perfect quarterback to compare Trey to in terms of like, Hey, they have, and I'm not saying that, Oh, Trey is going to be Josh Allen because Josh Allen is insane, man. His ability to throw the ball and run, he really is. And so I think that comparing him to Josh is like, this is our hopes and dreams. And this is who, this is essentially Trey's, I don't want to say his ceiling, but I'm okay saying it's the ceiling. And if he bursts through the ceiling, that's fine. But you know, after watching absolute oh, cannons, I agree. I think I he is the ceiling. Absolute cannons and the run ability is crazy. And my biggest takeaway after yesterday's start was like, yeah, like this is the guy. Like I saw enough to be like, yeah, like he's our he's our guy, and that that is exciting to me. I I'm pretty confident in saying he's going to be a starter for the 49ers for for multiple years. And I think he's going to do well in that role. The potential that Trey has is key. You know, he looked like a rookie. That's what he is. You know, he, yeah. that was a second start. So you, you can't expect him to look any more poised than that. And so, you know, Kyle Shannon said he did a hell of a job. Um, yeah. And, and that's he did. What you want your head coach to say he did. And he got a win. And now the question is if he's, if he's going to get a third start next week and we got to where next week is, is the big one. Any final thoughts on this game against the Texans 49ers won. We knew they'd win. Um, the second half was what we wanted to see. The first half was a little rough, but that that's kind of my takeaway. I never, I, that game was never in doubt for me, which I, th- I think is a good thing. And now the, yeah. Any final thoughts before we talk about next week's game and what it means for the, the 49ers chances to get in the playoffs. No, let's break that down and let's explain how how it is that we get in. Yeah, so the 49ers are in kind of a weird a weird situation. Right now, the 49ers, I pulled up the the uh the ESPN NFL playoff machine. Right now the 49ers are the 6th seed. Then the the 40 then the Eagles, the Philadelphia Eagles right now are the seventh seed. But here's what's strange. The Eagles, I believe, have actually clinched the playoffs, even though they're the seventh seed right now. The 49ers have not yet clinched the playoffs. And this is because of a weird little scenario with the New Orleans Saints, where basically the 49ers have a tiebreaker over the Eagles if they have the same record. But if the 49ers, the Saints, and the Eagles are tied based on whatever criteria the NFL does a three-way tiebreaker, the 49ers lose that. So if it's the 49ers against the Eagles, I've ever seen, it's so weird. The 49ers against the Eagles in a tiebreaker 49ers are in 
49ers against the Saints and the Eagles, the Eagles and the Saints are in. So stupid. And that's dumb. And since we have a better, since we would be better than the Eagles in a tiebreaker, I don't understand how we're not better in the Eagles than the Eagles in a three person type, three man tiebreaker, but out the window. The nice thing is that the 49ers control their own destiny. If we beat the Rams next Sunday, we are in the playoffs. No ifs, no ands, no buts. It is. We just have to beat the Saints. If we beat the Saints, we are, or, or we just have to beat the Rams. If we beat the Rams, we are in. Then this is where it gets a little murky. If the 49ers lose to the Rams and the Saints win, the 49ers are out. If the 49ers beat the Rams and the Saints lose to the Falcons, the 49ers are in. And I believe that the Eagles winning should not have any impact on that. If the Eagles win and the 49ers lose and the Saints lose, the 49ers are still in. But the 49ers are the seventh seed and the seventh seed might be playing the Rams, which that would be fun. But anyways, so basically you never want to put your playoff hopes in another team losing. And you especially never want to put your playoff hopes in another team losing to the Atlanta Falcons. So we need to win. It's the classic. If, if we win, we're in and yeah. not if we lose, we're out. But I mean, you can expect the saints to, to beat the Falcons. Um, and again, I think you're right that the Eagles don't have any factor in us getting in. And I, I just, I don't the Eagles understand how that is. We, beat them when we played them in week yeah. two. So I, I just don't understand how this. Yeah. It's because there's no head to head record between the 49ers, the saints and the Eagles, just the 49ers and the Eagles. So the three team tiebreaker goes to like strength of victory or strength of schedule or something like that. And the Eagles and the so saints weird. have us have us beat in that. So it, it's dumb because clearly if we're better than the Eagles in a one V one tiebreaker, we should be better than, than them in a one V one V one tiebreaker. But <clears throat> what can you do? We don't make the rules. We just complain we had about a, them. We just complain about them. We had a better chance uh, yesterday. If the Saint, if we won, which we did, and the Saints lost to the Panthers, then we were in. And yeah, that would have guaranteed the Saints losing to the Panthers would have would have guaranteed a, the the Forty Nineers in the playoffs. So the Panthers The Forty Nineers need to win against the Los Angeles Rams in Los Angeles on Sunday, where I will be, and it might change to Saturday or Sunday night. We will see, but. I will be there. I'm very excited. Um, and the real question is who will be playing quarterback for the 49ers? So let's take a second and talk about the Jimmy situation. Cause we didn't really unpack that earlier. So Jimmy, we talked about has a, I don't, a UCL sprayer sprain in his thumb. And the way that this was talked about and revealed to the media, I, we could unpack this for an entire episode because Shanahan basically came out on Monday and said, Jimmy's got a thumb injury. He's probably going to be fine. We'll see. And then Trey practiced with the starters for the rest of the week. Right after Kyle Shanahan came out and said that this wasn't a very big injury, just like a ligament tear or sprain, uh, Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter immediately broke news saying this is actually like a UC uh, bone fracture. Uh, it's a much bigger deal than this, like a bone pe- 
a piece of bone in his thumb. Shanahan comes back and is like, well, yeah, like anytime you tear a ligament, a little bit of bone is going to chip away. Like it's still just sprain. And so it's like, is Jimmy's camp going to Rappaport and Schefter and being like, oh no, like this is actually way worse. And then later in the week, Shanahan's like, well, he's probably going to play. And then Rappaport and Schefter come out and go actually like right, maybe on Saturday or Sunday, Rappaport I saw came out and was like, actually like this is like a four to six week injury to be a hundred percent. And he's going to need surgery in the offseason and then after this game you have Kyle Shanahan saying that if Jimmy's a hundred percent he's going to Jimmy with the start and so that gives him a lot of wiggle room with who he's going to start next week so yeah this is weird because you've got the 49ers are saying something and then someone is saying something to Schefter and Rappaport that is that is different and so I'm wondering if there's a little conflict there which Jimmy would never Jimmy just never projects that but maybe behind the scenes he's he's a little frustrated with how how this is being handled so we we really don't know the health situation Jimmy Garoppolo is in and hopefully we get a bit more information based on who practices but a lot of things I'm seeing is that we would have to most likely wait until the playoffs to see Jimmy again. So it, it sounds like there's a very good tra- chance that Trey Lance could be getting his third start and a winner goes to the playoff game against the 49ers biggest rivals in their own stadium. And maybe the Rams have nothing to play for, which would be nice, but you can't tell me that Sean McVay doesn't want to beat Kyle Shanahan after losing to him five games in a row. So and that's the yeah. tough situation is that we, Jimmy, his injury sounds bad. It sounds real bad. Uh, yeah. A tear in your thumb or a sprain in your thumb, your throwing hand, just to be clear, does not sound good at all. Um, that is not at all what you want to see in your starting quarterback at the end of the season. And it's tough. You know, I if they're both healthy, I would love to see Jimmy instead of Trey in this game next week because of veteran experience. Um, yeah, I Jimmy's I been think in these I'm, moments. He's played in the Super Bowl. Um I and think it's, I'm with it's you. the decision-making that, that worries me for Trey still. I think I'm with you, but I, I really did think the 49ers offense didn't look like it could move the ball any less efficiently than it had been with Jimmy. But I, I do think that in this important of a game, you probably go with the guy who's less likely to make a mistake. Yeah, and it's, it's funny at times saying that Jimmy is the guy, is the less likely guy to make a mistake because there are plenty of times where he does and, and we get a bad interception. But – you know, Trey has the ability. He has the ability to to win us games, and the all the the playmaking schemes that we can do with him there um, only gets greater. But I do think that a a healthy this season Jimmy Garoppolo can have a better chance just because he's putting the ball in the other other weapons' hands rather than having to do it himself. And not that that changes with Trey where he has to do it himself, but it's just it's really that decision making for me. When the, the postseason is on the line, I want yeah. the veteran regardless of this the difference in skill set. And other things that could factor into this is as this game is currently scheduled, the Saints game will be over or almost over by the time the 49ers and Rams play. Because I believe the Saints game, Saints Falcons is like a 10 a.m. game and the 49ers or 10 a.m. West Coast, 1 p.m. East Coast, and the 49ers is an afternoon game. And so there is a solid chance that this game gets flexed to Saturday or Sunday night. But as it stands, I believe the Saints play first. So if the Saints lose, then I bet we see Trey. I'm I'm pretty sure that's true. They're both, I'm looking right now, they're both 125. Wait, really? They're playing at the same time. Well, then never mind. The 49ers have to play 
like they need to win. Apologies, <laughs> listeners. I was oh, wrong scary. there. And there, there is a solid chance. If I'm the NFL, I'm probably moving this game to Saturday. Why is that? Just because it's such a big game? Yeah, it's a big game. Get it on an island so that more viewers tune into it. That's probably what I would do. It's a, it's a big we, game. We have two sets already where they switch it with one of them, you think? Yeah, so I don't, I don't know for sure, but I know like Greg Papa, I think it was Greg Papa, was talking about that during the radio broadcast I listened to. There's a solid chance they move this schedule around, so I'm, I'm just basing it off of that, to be honest. Yeah, so the, the Saturday 1.30 p.m. games, the Chiefs and Broncos, <clears throat> Chiefs and Broncos, which does have a lot of weight because the Chiefs and Titans, I believe, have the same record, and they're fighting for the uh, first round bye. Yeah. And then the Saturday night 5.15 game, Cowboys and Eagles, Less big because the Eagles have or the Cowboys have a big rivalry in the Eagles have gotten in. You're right. Just less playoff. Yeah, I would probably like, especially if the Rams still have a shot at the one. I'm not sure where it's looking right now, but I think the Rams still actually do have something to play for. So I think there's a it would not shock me that 5 p.m. game would make a lot of sense if I was the NFL. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. I think we might have the, the Rams are 12 and four and the Cardinals are 11 and five. Yeah, the footing, the Rams are currently the two seed in the NFC. They're okay, winning I the thought, NFC. West I thought right earlier now. we said that they were the, the fifth seed and we didn't make the oh, no. that it had it had switched. Okay. Yeah, apologies. But the one the one thing to keep in mind is the other option could be they flex the 49ers into the Sunday night game. And at that point, if the Saints have lost, Trey is starting. So there there is a slight chance that what I was saying might be relevant, even though it's nowhere near as relevant as I thought it was. But I do think if it's this if the tough. 49ers have cemented a playoff spot we're going to rest our starters based on how injured everyone has been, especially Trey getting Trey some more reps and not risking, risking Jimmy's health. And so, yeah, I, I am betting on seeing Trey based on how this story has been handled. I think Jimmy's injury is pretty serious. And I think Kyle Shanahan just doesn't want to tip that away to opponents. To be honest, I, if I were to bet on it, I think we're probably not seeing Jimmy for the rest of the season including the playoffs. And I think we might, we might be done seeing Jimmy Garoppolo start as a 49er. I, I kind of hope I'm wrong and I'm really just speculating, but just the way this story has been handled makes me think what is actually going on is the 49ers know Jimmy's done for the year, but there's a slight chance he could come back. So they keep saying that to keep teams guessing. And then Jimmy's like, this is BS. I'm going to like leak to the media that there's no way I could possibly play so that people aren't like I'm soft because Jimmy has gotten that criticism before of being soft. And so I, I think that that's probably kind of what's happening behind the scenes. So I, I kind of expect Trey to start for the rest of the 49ers season. I will say if, if that's kind of how Kyle's looking at it, like I'm just going to keep guys guessing that is what your head coach should be doing. 100%. You know, I don't, I don't want Jimmy getting the criticism of he's soft if he's injured, but when you have that different of quarterbacks and exactly the defenses need to prepare that differently, just based on which quarterback is there, that is your biggest weapon. Maybe not biggest weapon, but that is a massive, it's definitely use, a weapon, <laughs> right? To keep him guessing. And absolutely don't. I mean, it's two different offenses. The, yeah, exactly. Don't tell anyone until minutes before the game, maybe tell your quarterbacks so they can prepare. Yeah. That's the team my, should know. That's my one. Um, qualm i guess with the way that trey has gotten to start is he never gets much time to mentally prepare and i think that's huge for a rookie for a 21 year old kid yeah he needs that time to have his game day ritual i mean you know they do it every week but it is different when you know you get to be the first quarterback out there so yeah I, and i i, I think trey knew all he's been let in 
I do think Trey knew this whole past week from, from Monday or Tuesday on that he was the starter, certainly by Wednesday. By Wednesday, when Trey went out and practiced with the ones and Jimmy Garoppolo like said he was going to try to practice and then couldn't even make it onto the field, that was when it was like, okay, Trey is starting this week. So I bet we know similarly by, by midweek and who, who's going. Um, there's a couple other guys, we talked about this earlier, but that I'm really optimistic can be out there or really hopeful. At least I'm not optimistic that they can be, but I'm really hopeful that they will be against the Rams on Sunday, which is, I'm hoping that we can have Manuel Mosley back. That would be huge to get him back out there in a really depleted secondary. Like we talked about earlier and getting Dre Greenlaw back would be incredible as well. And both of those guys have a shot to play this weekend. And I would really, really like to see them out there. I think that would really bolster our defense. I think that'll be a huge factor into this game. Um, you know, how, my my parting thought is how do we come away with a win? You know, two things yeah. that I'm thinking is our defense needs to show the heck up. And having Greenlaw, having Mosley would be a massive uh, contribution to that and would it enable the defense to play at an even much better level. We can hope and pray that Ambry Thomas totally. plays like he did. Um, they yeah, have, they and I mean, don't – receivers. Don't forget what happened the last time these two teams played because the 49ers throttled the Rams. And I don't expect to see that. And I don't want to predict this game just based off my usual, like the 49ers beat the Rams. That's what we do. I just, I do think the 49ers are built to compete with what the Rams want to do. I think I heard, I want to say it was Benjamin Solak, or maybe it was someone on the athletic NFL show. I'm sorry, whoever I'm crediting that I don't, that I don't remember off the top of my head, but basically they were saying like the 49ers are built to attack the way the Rams want to play defense because the Rams really want to keep you out of big plays and they're willing to give up run plays to stop you from making the huge pass. And the 49ers are like, sweet, we want the run play. And so it's this great, it's this great matchup of offensive and defensive philosophies that especially earlier in the season position, the 49ers to really, to really take advantage of it. And we'll, we'll know a bit more about what the Rams are playing for going into the game, but I expect them to be competing. We'll, we'll see, but Sean McVay does rest his starters. So, I mean, if the Rams, if the Rams win and the Cardinals win, the Rams, the two seed, if the Rams lose and the Cardinals win, the Rams are the fifth seed. So the Rams are, are competing. They, they want to be yeah. the two seed and play the seven seed rather than be the five seed and have to travel to Dallas. Most likely like that is not Cardinals a game are, I want to play. If I'm the, the Cardinals Rams. are playing the Seahawks. So should, that's a win should be a win for them. Unless DK Metcalf so, goes off again, but um, most likely all the Rams starters are out there and they're going to be at full strength, but yeah, this should be a great, a great game. These games usually are. And we love that. We're playing the Rams right after, uh, Jalen Ramsey punches Taylor Rapp. This is the cornerback of the of the Rams. Jalen Ramsey punches the safety of the Rams. Taylor Rapp in the face mid game in a deep trouble in paradise. Trouble in paradise. So we want more of that next week. Let's have them. Yeah. Let's have Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. If fight. if Jalen Ramsey wants to pull an Antonio Brown, like go for it. Feel free. Yeah, that'd be nice. So the second thing for us to come away with a win is stick to our identity. Timmy just described it with those run plays. The Rams kind of are designed to give up those run plays so they can prevent those yeah. pass plays. And that's make the them if, stop if the have, run. If we have Trey Lance starting, they're going to be watching those deep balls because Trey threw plenty yesterday. He has the ability to, they're going to be watching for those deep balls to Debo or Ayuk or even a deep ball to Kittle. But then that's hopefully where we'll hit him with a short, short pass to Debo and he'll, he'll get some yards or Elijah Mitchell will hopefully have another massive day on the run game. 
Yeah. And I'm, I, that's something I'm excited about. I think this is the healthiest the 49ers running back room has been since the beginning of the season. Really the only guy we're missing right now is Raheem Mostert. Obviously that's a huge, a huge player we're missing, but based on who we've had this season, Mitchell's all pretty much at full health. Wilson is back to full health. Even Sermon, even though he's not playing is off IR and back to full health. Like this, this running back room is, is ready to just for us to hopefully just pound the ball into the Rams faces. And I'm, I'm excited about that. And I mean, when we were playing the Rams last time, Debo wasn't really the full running back he is now. So this is just, it's going to be, it's going to be fun to watch this. I do expect the Rams passing game to really attack this secondary. I mean, Cooper cup can't be stopped by any secondary and probably not ours. So I, it's probably going to be, be a shootout of some sort, unless the D line can really, really get to Stafford, which they probably can. The Rams O line has not been the best in pass protection. I'm, I'm just really, really excited to watch this game. Uh, selfishly, it could not, even though I would love, love the 49ers to cement the playoffs this week. And I would love the Rams to not have anything to play for as someone who's going to this game. I could not be more excited that this huge rivalry has these crazy implications going into the, into the regular season. I cannot, this is the most exciting 49ers game since that Seahawks week 17 game in, in 2019, the one that was basically the battle for the one seed. So this is going to be a game of the year. This is going to be an awesome game. If Trey's starting, that's awesome. If Jimmy's starting, that's awesome. Just, yeah, 49ers fans, hold on to your hats. Buckle in because this week is going to be a ride. And I think the thing to remember is even if the 49ers do lose and don't make the playoffs, this has still been a really, really fun and exciting 49ers season. And I'm just, it's been exciting to be a part of it and to, to walk through it all with you guys here on 49ers Unrestricted. We are not done. This we is are not Done. This is one of the biggest moments yet. So we're, we're hoping that we get to do a playoff podcast. So yeah, a lot, a lot of things to watch this week. And uh, I haven't uh, done my postseason like 49ers awards yet. So I'm really hoping to not have the season be over next week. All right, That's listeners. True. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Daniel, any, any parting thoughts? I have no words for this game. It's just the biggest one. All right. It's the biggest oh, one. You. You, you heard him. That's Daniel Bigelow. It's the biggest one. (laughs) Stay safe out there, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. We love to have you. And uh, go Niners.